How the heart bleeds for the red and the blue. Is that how it goes? Is that how the song goes? I'm singing you the whole thing. You sing it. I'll sing you the first verse of the song, right? Because it's a long song, but it's. I'll just go the first bit. It's a grand old flag. It's a high flying flag. It's the emblem for me and for you. It's the emblem of the team we love, the team of the red and the blue. Every heart well, you should know true. that. It's your team. For the red you just and won the, pre- the blue. And we sing this song to you. Should you just want the premiership. acquaintances be forgot, keep your eye on the red and the motherfucking blue, you little fucking beauty. <laughs> Good time to be a D's fan. Oh, mate. Oh. I have my dick was that hard this morning. I watched it when I got to work because I just couldn't stay up. It, it sounds disgraceful, but when you've done shift work for fifteen years, it's really hard. Uh, there was bans on everyone. No one was allowed to talk to me, look at me, speak to me. If there was any word of it spoken, there would be dramas. And what a game of footy! What a game! Bit of terra firma, mate. I tell you what, I'm gonna. Eat, I'm, you are a footy man through and through, but I'm going to give you a couple of little things that I took out of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give a few things for both teams because I don't think the Bulldogs were that terrible except for the last quarter, but I don't think anyone would have beaten us in that last quarter. It was going to be impossible. Mm-hmm. We come out of the blocks hot. Christian Salem's first quarter was sensational. Intercept marks, smashing tackles constantly getting disposals, fight outs. He was unreal. Petrarca was great from the start. Then we let it slip, which we've done before. And I thought Tommy's call of Bontempelli uh, was going to come through because he was playing like the old Norm Smith medalist. He was having a blinder for about a 25-minute period. And then Petrarca said, fuck you, I'm winning this game. And he just did it. <laughs> Fuck, we were good. Oh, uh, yeah, we I, were I think, good. Like I watched, so I watched to the third quarter because obviously I had to get up early myself. And first quarter, when you guys got out to that like thirty point to like seven or eight seven. point lead, well, yeah, I was like, mm, I was like, this this gives me twenty eighteen Collingwood vibes. Mm. And then in that second quarter, the dogs came out and they did exactly what West Coast did to us. Yeah. And they got in front, and when they got in front by nineteen in the third, they were, and they had all the territory in inside your fifty. Yeah. I thought, oh, this this is a chance this could just blow out. And but there was a little period there; it was only about two or three minutes where you kept holding them off, yep. and they couldn't really get a goal. Yep. And then you springboard the other way, and you go down the other end, and you get a, you get a, you get a goal. And then from that, you have three center bounces in a row where you pretty much get. We scored, goal th- we scored three goals in, three in like 50 seconds. It was stupid. Yeah, and then that was it. it. That just like took all the momentum that the doggies had straight out of the game, and the game just flipped. And then so Melbourne our- just knew that they, they had the game won. And I Mate. I went to bed at the end of the third, and I thought, oh, it's going to be pretty remarkable for Melbourne to lose that one. And when I woke up and saw the, saw the scoreline, I thought, bloody hell. From about five minutes into the second, I think it was like 14-3 to us. And one and one to Bulldogs. 
Yeah. I tell you, Jesse took it on the chin. He was pretty. He was pretty non perplexed. Oh, you do today. I mean, he was sort of like, "Congratulations, you, mate. Good on you." And I thought, you know, you're a real gentleman. You're a real gentleman. What our, do you do, mate? I our mean, new mate, can't. our legend of the week. By the way, we're starting a new thing. Legend of the week, Tommy and I. Well, let's that. let's um let's introduce what we're going to do. Right. So, old mate knows what he's what he's in for. Absolutely. And the peeps. So and well, the this peeps won't come out they're giving into most likely Tuesday, but we're going to do a legend of the week through our Instagram. We're going to pick someone who we feel like's been a legend. If there hasn't been any legends, we're just going to go random. But if, if someone's been legend during the week, we've got one in particular. Well, this week was our new mate. Our new mate, Jackson Lee, from, uh, I think he's from Western Australia. And he commented on something, and it made me so happy. He's been getting around it. But it made me so happy to see that he was, he wanted, he'd been waiting all week to listen to it. Yes, mate, he's getting involved. I like it. I it like was, it from the way. It was getting, it went in the group chat a little bit, and, you know, all around good vibes from Jackson this week. So he's, he's a, you're a legend. He's establishing Bobber. connections. He's, oh, he's a, he's a legend. He's getting in early. He's going to be the, one of the early fans. He's he's ready to see the growth, well, mate. He's made me and chuffed what, as fuck. I'm, I am real chuffed with that comment. I can tell you right see, now. Right now, we don't have anything anything to give this fella. But he'll get a shirt mate. in the future. Potentially, we have some things in the pipeline that we that we might want to uh, bit of merch. try. A uh, bit of merch, and uh, once first... we get that once we get that rolled out, yeah. Legend of the Week might get a bit of merchandise. So I think Jackson Jacko first will be. He's first cab off the rank, and I'm thinking shirt, um, or a cap. You can you whatever you want, Jacko. Send us a message. Send us a DM with what you want or your shirt size, and we'll get you something. We'll make it happen because you maybe a mug have made me feel nice little mug. Awesome. Yeah, mug. Um, whatever you want. Well, not at whatever you want because we're not rich, but within re- within reason. Yeah. I'm a bit liberal I mean, at the we're, moment because the DM we're, we're not um, we're not sucking people's dicks. No, we're not made of cash. We're not we're not cashed mm. up cocksuckers, but um, yeah, Jackson Lee, Legend of the Week. Good on you, Cobber. You're a champion. First one. Welcome to the party. Even the producer but, um, was happy, and the producer's been asleep for about three months, so I don't know what's going <laughs> on with him. Paul Barrow again. Just, just he's just dead. Just sleeps. So you know good on him. I sort of touch back on that grand final. So how did you feel after winning that? What was? Give me some of the feelings. Oh look, I got a little bit emotional when I seen Goodo Simon Goodwin having shedding a little tear on the sideline. I got a little bit emotional. I um, I'll go to the start of the game real quick, and I, I spoke to you about this today. When we were in the pre-game huddle, the the Bulldogs huddle was all everyone sort of in a big circle and yada yada yada. But out we were in a semicircle. And every single eye was trained on Maxi. Everyone was staring at him like a like a big brother or a dad or someone that they just loved. And yeah. then, and when I saw that, I thought, "Fuck, we're on. We are on today." Meant to be, mate. And it was just meant to be. And then when we we went off to a real hot start, obviously I was real excited. And then the fight back came, and it was a good fight back from the doggies too. They they put a shit ton into it. Um, mm. Bontempelli, he was he was so good for about twenty five minutes. Oh, Bontempelli is he's unbelievable. Like if you really think, I think in the next year or two, he could elevate himself to being the best player in the league. Yeah, he's... him and him and Petrarca for me stand yeah. out um, as as the top two. And I know Oliver's right there, 
But Bonampelli has... Uh, he's, he's a superstar. He really is. Trelaw but Pachaka took that game by the Bulls, man. He set a new record Mate, in the grand finals of 40 disposals, two goals. I mean... Bailey Fritch kicked six. Stop. Bailey Fritch you know kicked I mean? the most since 1992 or something. Well, anytime anybody kicks six goals in a granny, you're doing pretty fucking well. If you well. kick six goals in a game, you're doing pretty fucking well. Six like, Yeah, six goals in a game he, is, is, is good. I don't know how, but he seemed to be constantly open. He he didn't really seem to have anyone like tugging on his on his Guernsey too much, which mm. in in some cases was poor defence. But it might have just been the fact that our midfield was running cunts ragged. Oh look, in grand finals you can't take too much to heart in terms of like defence and all that because the teams are so good yep. and there's a reason why they're there. So you know, even if your best defenders are getting shown up a little mm. bit, it's because you're playing the best. You know, yeah, the best side in the comp. You know I, what I mean? I Technically, another... it's you versus the other best side. Absolutely. So you're going to have some moments where you do get shown up a bit, but that's natural. You know, the, the doggies are good, but I've said it before, and I think, yeah, Petrarca and Oliver and Gorn and these sort of players, they're obviously the best players in the team, but yep. since you guys got Lever and May, it has transformed that Fuck side How good is into a premiership winning team. That And there's no understating that. You know what I mean? How good is Lever? Like, May and Lever together just work well. Stephen May, I think, he was a bit injured, I think. I reckon he was... I reckon he got a little niggle in that game. Well, he got on. hurt He got hurt in the um, the game against Geelong. And he pushed through it, I reckon. Yeah, he, he, did, a, he did either a quad or a hammy in the game against Geelong. And he wasn't looking his fittest, but he, he was massive for us, too. He just looked like he was battling, which is what you need in the grand final. You don't want to give up. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll give you top five. Real quick, give you me top five. My top five yeah. players on the field for the Ds. And this is in no particular order, except Petrarca, obviously, was the best. Angus Brayshaw was everywhere. Everywhere. That helmet boy was everywhere today. It was the best game I've seen him play. Christian Salem was so fucking good. I thought Christ, uh, Petrarca was obviously the best on the ground. He was fucking brilliant. Fritch kicking six was just unreal. And... Gorney was also really good. He just was everywhere. Well, For a before man the game, that big. He was yeah. everywhere. Continue. Yes, mate. Oh, I was just going to say before the game, I thought that um, my smoky pick for Norm Smith was Salem, uh, other than Petrarca. Petrarca was obviously one of the favourites, but yeah, Petrarca just come out and took that, <laughs> took that off everybody. I'm just going to just jump in real quick. We I just got a message back from old Jacko. We've made his week. He'll be having a beer for us. You fucking champion. Have two. <laughs> Get Jacko, involved. Have two, Cobber, because this is just good vibes all around this week. Get this involved. Want. You are... And, and to the others, yes. I want other people to get involved. Get be involved. more like Jackson Lee. Yeah, have some Come fun on. with us. This is all for about fun. This is about fun. It's about good vibes. We'll get cranky. I'll sulk about Newcastle. I'll get the shits about fucking everything. Tommy will Mate, get pissed I'll get off the United win. Yeah. But you know yeah. what? You guys have a laugh at our expense. You wait till you see my how fat I am. Then you're really going <laughs> to laugh. Because I have ballooned and I've cut my hair short. And I've been massacred actually <laughs> by a barber. I've been massacred. Oh, he massacred me. This old Italian bloke. I, I looked. There was me regular barber and he was about halfway through a haircut. And the old Italian bloke was sitting there to the left of him. And he was about Watch three your quarters hair away. Like it's short, like it's passable, but I've been massacred. And he was sitting, <laughs> the old time, like sitting there the whole time, and he just start laughing. 
And I go, just so he didn't hurt me, I go, <laughs> yeah, mate, I agree. And then he'd go, oh, but uh, 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 he's walking around, he got the fuck of the pussy. And I, yeah, mate, uh, he was a pussy. No, no, the woman that got the pussy. And I was, oh, yeah, mate, yeah, righto. <laughs> You've killed me here. You've made me look five times as fat. And I still paid you. What and you're surprise. like, that's a bit short. It's short. It's the shortest it's right, I've mate. had it in a you, while. You can be honest. You were just you went in there to get the number one. You said it was time, and now you're just you're fabricating a story. Thank God, right. thank God, I can grow a beard. Hey, <laughs> thank God, I can grow a beard. I know because I can't. Someone's got it. Oh, that's all I've got. Do you know what? Before we get into anything too deep, I want to tell you a quick story that I was reminded of today because I was uh, when I got home from work, I was doing some tidying up around the garage. And I found um, when we when Phoenix was a puppy, my dog, we we bought like a bark collar, and we used it once, and then we never used it again because we just felt so guilty. Like it, it, I, it, I don't know, it's like zapping your own child. It's not right. Mm. A couple of years ago, um, we had it out and playing like a little game with it, like sort of zapping it, and it hurts. You can put the cunt right up, man, and she'll give you a go. Don't you worry about that. And Keely said to me. Do you want to have sex with me? I said, yeah, absolutely. She goes, the only way we're having sex is if you put that bark collar on. And I said to her, no. Nah. She goes, no, come on. We'll do it. I said, righto. But I forgot it wasn't a noise-making bark collar. She has the remote control. <laughs> and she was controlling the zaps and or the power of this thing going to town on my throat. <laughs> and because it's zapping me, every time I try to take it off, she'd zap me again. So it would like zap me into like this weird convulsion, <laughs> and then she's like, "No, if you want to, if you want to, well, I'll give you a good start, a real good one. Just keep it on." And I'm going, "Stop fucking zapping me!" Um, <laughs> turns out it was a dead shit, terrible start. I couldn't focus on anything. I think all of the blood rushed to my neck to save my vital organs, so my penis wouldn't even work. And uh, Keely walked out of it laughing. Sure, for some kinky stuff, mate. It um, just didn't happen. Yeah, it just didn't, like, mate, it hurt. Like, you know what? I'm up for a bit of anything, but holy you're up for shit. A bit of a, you're up for a bit of a tickle around, the, s- around the downstairs area. I don't want to uh, like an animal. <laughs> I wouldn't even zap my own animal. Why am I getting zapped? It's not fair. <laughs> oh, mate. That's, that's my story for you today. Manly. Um, they're not manly. Jeez, they're not, they're not in there. I'm getting ahead of myself. Rabbit, yes, Rabbitohs, Penrose, Granny. Big game. Didn't you see called, that coming. You called Penny. You called Rabbitohs, did. sorry. I didn't, I didn't see, see Penrose, though. I, I didn't see Melbourne having the worst game I've ever seen them no, play. No, 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 no one did, to be honest, man. Jerome Jerome Hughes played with no headgear. He should be banned and should make to wear headgear every time because that's the worst I've ever seen Melbourne, Melbourne play. They all played shit, I thought. Their drop ball was crazy. Their pass choice was terrible. Their defense was okay, but usually when they're so free-flowing, like they were averaging 37 points a game this year. That's unheard mm. of. And but are we just... being a little bit too, um, say, soft on Melbourne and not giving enough credit to Penrith? Like maybe Penrith played... Oh, Penrith. You know, Penrith but this is the good. thing with Penrith. I feel like sometimes... They we're... were good. Like with Melbourne, at least, like they they sort of played their grand final the week before, and they did it last year when they played Melbourne in the granny. They kind of played their grand final the week before. Some teams do that. See, with with Penrith, right? 
the first half in the grand final last year when they got blown out of the blown out of the water by Melbourne, right? And they bought the game back within six, and they just lost. Mm-hmm. That was the start to me of them becoming the new Roosters. So, I think Penrith are in a hot little spot right now where... And the way I say the Roosters, I mean just this winning sort of culture because the Roosters have no juniors. Penrith have bought something ridiculous, like 14 of their starting 17 through their Mm. junior base. It's mental, right? Which is unheard of. I think they're going to go into this run of, like, grand finals, wins, maybe a loss. But not winning Over the next... I think they're going to win this one. I think South beating them last time will have kicked them into gear. Yeah. I think they may win, similar to Melbourne, similar to the Ds, they may win three of the next six, three of the next five. I think they're going to be in a real hot window now. And then after a while, it'll the people will start to take the big money and then it'll dissipate away. But I think they're in an absolute hot window. It's interesting. I can't really pick it because if you think about it like this, they're losing a lot of their players next year. So if if they're going to win any grand finals, it has to be this year. Oh, South. Uh, yeah, South are losing Both teams. players, man. Both teams. Well, Penrith aren't well, losing too many. Penrith, well, Penrith are losing Matt Yeah, Capewell. Um, Capewell's going to Brisbane. They're too big yeah, players. Yeah, and so, know you know, players. granted, they could probably still get to another grand final without them, I suppose. But, um, mm. you know, you still got to fill those two players. And You'll see, they've got like they've got a ready-made replacement for Kate Wells. But there's no guarantee was... that all those players are going to be as good as they are this year. Like, Well, there's well, there's no guarantee Kirk Kate was going to be no, good in Brisbane. No, that's true. I think, I think he will be good in Brisbane. I think he'll do better in Brisbane than Probably. Melbourne. I think Brisbane will be a little bit better next year. I don't think they'll be as bad as what they were this year. No, they were, they've were. they started to, at the end of the season to really clean up. South, on the other hand, if you look at their team, Dane Gagai's coming to the Knights, which I'm fucking... It's just Bennett, though, there. man. Bennett's got this... Bennett, well, Bennett's gone. He's yeah, I know, but like, you know, well. even if you think about it this year and what they've done this year, I don't think many people would have given him a shot against uh, Manly. They... Come out, beat Manly. No. But Walker, Walker's a fantastic player. And then you got, yeah, Damian Cook. Isn't he ever, man? Uh, Reynolds is playing some really good footy too. Gagai's playing great. You know, they're they're a pretty good side. I think this is. I'm going to throw this out there, man, as a little statement. I think Cody was Walker's a massive grub, but he is the in the top three. Well, he's in the running to win the Dally M. Like, he's a smoky. Mate. But, like, I'm talking all time. He is in the top three best Indigenous players I've ever seen, man. He is so talented. He is so skillful. He's one of those blokes who have time and time and time. He's aggressive in defense. He's so good. He's awesome, mate. If he was on my team, I would love him. But because he's not a scrub, <laughs> he plays so grubby. But if he was in the Knights, I would adore the. Ball. It's one of those, you know, like where it's a bit like a, Mick Ennis well, again. It's yeah, a it's a bit like a fucking Luis Suarez where he's on your team, you love him, but you know when he's not on yep. your team, you think he's an absolute fucking cunt. No, you know what I mean. Yep. And yeah, every, everyone's got them. You know, Colin would have a few of those players. Um, the old Jackie boy said to me the other day, I was he. His player like that for him is Salah. He doesn't like him. And I'm like, what? Mm, okay, fair enough. Because he thinks he's selfish. Well, 
I disagree oh, with Jack. I, I did too, but but you know, it was just interesting to hear another person's opinion about it. I don't see that, but you know, it's different. I yeah, you're right. <laughs> yes. Um, I can't picture it. I don't think. So. I don't know. No, I, I don't see it either. But know. I'm just talking about how some other people really rate the players of their their team, but then they. You know they don't. Other clubs don't rate them, and so like it's just interesting to see the yeah, perspective yeah. of other people and what they think about him. I know he has got. Mate, he does have people, moments. Look what people think about Mitchell oh, Pierce. People say the you same see, like about I don't. Pierce. I don't he like Mitchell play. Pierce, but it's because I, I don't support the Knights. So I've never liked him ever. Like he was a tool of the Roosters. This is my personal opinion. He's a tool of the Roosters. No, that's fine. I didn't really. And like then the Roosters, he now, gets him. to. Oh, like he's always been at the Blues, and the Blues, he was a fucking twat. And then he goes to the Knights. He got a lot of unfair blame oh, look, for the Blues. A, he got a lot absolutely. of Absolutely. I'm not disagreeing with that, but I'm just saying in terms of like liking the guy. Um, and he goes to the Knights, yeah. and I have nothing against the Knights. I don't dislike the Knights at all. But I just don't like him. Yeah. But if he went to the Dragons, I probably would like him. You know what I mean? It's one of those. Yeah, absolutely. He's a good 100%. footballer. There's no disputing that. He's tough. All. He's a tough footballer. Well, who do you think? Let, let's give a let's talk predictions for the grand final. What are we... I am going to have two different separate. Well, it's one prediction, but I'm going for to the grand final versions. For the grand okay. final, I think Penrith will win it. I think Penrith are going to win it in a low scorer. I think they're going to win it sixteen fourteen, mm. right? And I'm going to make a bold call. They're going to win it with a Nathan Cleary forty meter field goal. It's a two pointer. I, on the flip side, would love to see Benji because I don't think he's going to play next year. I'd love to see him go out a winner okay. again because I love Benji Marshall. I think he's a true gentleman of the game. That's my call. 16-14, Nathan Cleary. Look, it's a safe call, I would assume, because like if I was going with my head, I'd say, mm, yeah, I'd probably pick Penrith. And the fact that Penrith beat them 50-4 to at the start of the season indicates that they do have yes. some sort of number against them. However... I'm going the other way, and I'm sticking to what I said in our like second or third episodes where I said you can't write the Rabbitohs off. And Bennett, in grand finals, his record, I can't bet against him. The only reason why he lost against North Queensland in the grand finals because Ben Hunt has fucking butter on his fingers. Um, Poor Hunty. And Do you know what? I, I, if we, let's talk about that grand final real quick. Ben Hunt, if Ben Hunt didn't play for the Broncos in 2015, the Broncos not, would not have made that grand final. Mm-hmm. Ben Hunt would not... If Ben Hunt didn't play all year, they would not have been in the grand final. That's how important Ben Hunt was for the Broncos yeah. that year. And he gets such a bad rap. At him. Like he got, I remember seeing a thing on fucking the news about it. He was getting... It's just one of those. It's, it's, it's one of those life-changing changing moments, isn't it, though? You know what I mean? Yeah, like you have something like that in in a grand final, it alters the way people perceive you, and it, your career can change like fucking that. You know, you go from going from being one of the best players in the team, and then you just bang you're out of the yeah. side in the next couple of years. I've been really critical of Ben Hunt over the years in big games with his short kicking game and his kicking options under pressure, but he. All round is a really, really good yeah, player. Yeah, I think all round he's is a good tough player. as nails player. I just think there's been times in his career where big pressure has gotten to him. Um, but I think he sort of answered some critics in Origin Three yeah. this year. 
You're not wrong. I mean, I like him as a Dragon. Don't get me like I, I love what he does for us. Would you rather him play seven or would you rather him play nine for the Dragons or for Queensland? Dragons for your side. Um, I'd rather him play nine because I, I think he has more impact on the game and he can dictate the play a bit better at nine. Whereas at seven, he he's not what I class as a great kicking halfback, and then he's. he's he can't really make decisions and dictate the offense um, very well, or he doesn't. He doesn't like being the main man, if if that makes sense. I think he needs somebody next to him, it's or, too or two pressure. guys like in the seven it's and the six that can handle the ball a bit better and make the calls, and he can just do his thing at nine. I think he's brilliant off dummy yeah. half, and you see him in the Origin sometimes when he plays off that. He does really, really well, and he's he's a decent tackler. And he's so, oh mate, he's he's one of the he is in the top tier of defensive halves in yeah. the NRL. Nathan Cleary, I would say, is the oh, best. Nathan Cleary's on another he, fucking planet, though. Top like, Nathan tier. Cleary's he's easily the best halfback in the game, if not one that, if not the best player in the game. It's debatable. You know what I mean? Does Dre, you know, you, he, look, he looks like Roger Ramjet. Hey? Massive chin. He looks like Roger Ramjet. Yeah. His chin is so big. <laughs> it's just a monster of a chin. <laughs> oh, he should change his name to Nathan Allchin. Uh, so I didn't even to, I didn't even so yeah. to say what my prediction was. Um, Sorry, we went. Yeah, off we did a little tangent. bit. But I've got rabbits winning, and I think the Rabbitohs will win eighteen eight. I think they might just get above them, and I might just be able to shut Penrith out. I'm not too sure if Penrith are going to have too much of a flow. I think Penrith might have played their grand final. That's a pretty good call. Yeah, but then again. Not. It's a tough one. Maybe the Rabbitohs did, you know what I mean? They played against Manly. But I don't think... Now, this might sound crazy, but, like, I don't think Manly have as many weapons as Penrith. So, yes, they have one weapon that's the best weapon. Well, they have one that's weapon. That's the best weapon in the game. But if you nullify that or if you come up with a good enough plan to negate his impact yeah. on the game, Manly really don't have that much else. That's just my personal opinion. I could be wrong. I would liken... This is how I liken Manly, right, to, towards Penrith. Manly is like, say, you're in a one-on-one in COD or a shooter and you're standing there and you've got them down the sights and you've got a rocket launcher in your hand and you can just bus, right? When it hits, it hits and you're fucked. Mm. But if it misses, you're real fucked. Penrith are like having a squad of four standing there on one, all with SMGs that just pepper you. You know, it, and they just peppier, and they don't miss too often. Oh. Um, that just got me thinking about about that Canelo fucking oh, touch up on that V Caleb plant. plant. Oh mate, just the the aftermath, like gonna, how his face looked after. It's gonna be a bloodbath, man. Canelo oh, is know. on another planet. He couldn't even touch him. He couldn't even touch him in the fucking press. But conference. he couldn't, he, and he threw like a dog shot at him, like. I think Canelo knew it was coming, and he just ducked it completely, bust him with the left hand, split him open. This gun's going to get rocked. He's, he said something about his mother. Oh, why would you do that about a Mexican? He's crazy, and he's got red hair. What Mexican has red hair, I tell he's you? I know, that's why they call him Canelo, because Canelo means cinnamon in Spanish. Really? Yes, that's where it comes from. Saul Canelo Alvarez. Yeah. Saul Cinnamon Alvarez. He used to get picked on all the time. Don't pick on him. He'll yeah, smash your face in. His, his name is Saul. Yeah, Saul Canelo Alvarez. He's a rock star. I like Saul better. He's a full-blown rock yeah. star, man. 
I still love that vi that video. I watch it all the time. Hey, hey I'm going to fucking smash yeah. you, man. Get the fuck out of <laughs> Get here. Get out of here, guy. There's a funny video here. of an ice bath in one of his fight, fights after Mayweather. And he's preparing for a fight. And he was he was on a weight cut. And he was having an ice bath. And he makes this real girly scream. It's so weird. So weird. <laughs> Fuck me. It's, that'll be a bloodbath, man. It'll be a bloodbath. Well, speaking of the shockers this morning, Joshua getting beat by Usyk. Do you think it's a shocker? Not do you a... think that is... Well, here's the thing. I don't think it's a shocker as in terms of if you know your boxing and if you know your styles and you know what you're, you're watching. I don't think it's a shock. Like, because Joshua is not what I call a fantastic he's just boxer. just a power merchant. He's a, he's a powerhouse fighter that if he hits you, you're going to go down. But he's very straight and he's kind of robotic yeah. and he doesn't have much movement. And so, like, he doesn't come in and out very much. He's just very, like, front on. Yeah. And if you, you, you're finding someone like Usyk who's – moving around and he's very awkward to hit, um, you're going to have a tough time. And that's why I could, when they were talking about Joshua versus Fury, I was like, Fury's going to smoke him because Fury's so awkward. He, you can't touch it. Like, he's so hard to hit. But um, I saw a video of Fury I think what, out and uh, inspiring today, preparing for the Wilder fight. Is that legit? Yeah, got knocked out fucking cold. Inspiring. You're right. Usyk, though, yeah. Usyk has been training with Lomachenko for probably like a decade um well he yeah. is let's not get a twist he's a legit boxer man like he's just unified That's all right. the titles he is fucking yeah. legit you look at his footwork well, the guys, man, it's beautiful the way he moves around the ring well he's 19 and 0 so no one should be surprised that he he's he's beat joshua and then secondly he's oh he's like one of three or like one of four, or something like that. Real kind of like rare number yeah. that's gone from cruiserweight up to heavyweight. Yes. So he's actually a lot smaller than the traditional heavyweights, and he keeps smashing them. And if you if you got that size, because I mean he's not a small bloke. He's six two. You kind of built well. If you got that size and you're fighting with fucking Lomachenko yeah. and you're training with Lomachenko, who who is whose angles are some of the best in the game. Um, that's what Usyk was doing, man. I thought it was brilliant. I watched a lot of the highlights, um, and I didn't think at one point Joshua was in control of that fight at no. all. In fact, there was one point where he was fully rocked and like was on his way down, and the bell, they, the, the bell saved him because it wasn't a full count. It had like six seconds left, and then it, the like it went off the screen, and then they like rang the bell. Yep. So. Yeah, he, he probably, I reckon he would have got dropped then, but they saved him. But, yeah, I mean, where does that leave Joshua now? It's it's, it's a strange one. Where does that leave? Joshua's know, obviously, a good just keep fighting. I think this He's is a good fighter. I think Joshua goes a long way by the way he looks because his body's so chiseled. He's so fit. He's really well-spoken, and he's quite a nice guy if you listen to his interviews. But when it comes to the big fights, I don't think he can. Be, he's really going to be able to hack it with the big boys. I, I honestly. Well, he's very, um, he's very marketable. Very Joshua. marketable. He, look, he's gorgeous. Like, look at the bloke. If you're going to build yes. a human being, you go. That's the perfect human being. That's it, man. And like, so if you have Joshua's look and his style and like the way he talks and the way he presents yeah. himself, like you said, and you put sort of like, say, Fury skill set yeah. in there, he'd be the best. The best boxer ever, yeah. but unfortunately, he's like I said, he's a bit robotic, and he needs to just loosen up a bit and just have a bit more movement. It doesn't really stick on the outside. If you watch every single Joshua fight, he's he's always in front always. of whoever he's fighting. Always. He's never 
he's never drifting around and trying to hit you on angles. Like when he tore apart Klitschko, I mean, it, to be fair, it was an old Klitschko. I mean, he still knocked but him Klitschko out. Klitschko was the but, king of being the robotic. He would just jab, jab, right, jab, jab, right, jab, jab, right, yeah. knockout. Yeah. I mean, I think Klitschko has one of the records for the most defenses as a heavyweight, yeah. um, I'm pretty sure. So, I mean, it's no... Yes, is that not amazing it's, to you? I know. How could you be a doctor? Get your head punched like in every best... week, and you're still a doctor. It'd <laughs> be one of the best boxers that lived. And I mean, Vitali was probably better, but couldn't get in the ring because he was always always injured. hurt. I'm so gonna make a those bold two claim. Crazy. This is a bold mm-hmm. claim, right? Hit and me. it's not going to ever happen. I truly, truly believe that if Canelo Alvarez fought Anthony Joshua, he would knock Anthony Joshua out. <laughs> I don't think I so. do because Mate, he's so... I reckon he could knock well, out heavyweights. He's got that much power. Here's the thing: look what he's... he did to Kovalev. He does. Yes, but that's the light heavyweight. There's still a few divisions. I reckon he that. he's that crazy. He'd want to fight a heavyweight. He probably would, and I'm like, I know he's a Mexican. He'll fight anybody, but it's if they hit him, you know, he's not well, getting hit he, with what, punches like Golovkin that. Golovkin you know hit I mean? him, and he didn't even flinch. And Golovkin has got one of the hardest punches in boxing, and he didn't yeah, flinch. Yeah, but also, too, he hit Golovkin a few times in those fights, and Golovkin just ate it and kept walking forward. That, those two fights are They're under, I love those fights, too. They're underrated. Um, but, yeah, Canelo, he's on another planet. I, I, Canelo's getting to the point now where it, there's almost not much left for him to do. He's I done mean, he just keeps. Man. He's done He everything. just keeps beating everybody. Everything. He's beating the top of the game. Nobody's coming close. I don't see another boxer right now where I think, you know what, he's got a really good chance against Canelo. Because I think Canelo's game's too sharp. It's too rounded. He's, he constantly gets better. Um, he's elusive. He's quick. He's powerful. He's uh, got a lot of stamina, keeps in shape. Um, he can go up a division. He can go down a division. He's, got, he's, very, he's gone up like four divisions. Something stupid. He's, he's, he's fantastic. He is going through, down a path right now where he's – Writing his name into being one of the greatest ever. He's, he's, he's chiseling it in a gold fucking tip chisel. Absolutely, man. He's fucking non. You're... And fuck. Go on. Trying to get in a fight with that oh, guy. Fuck that. <laughs> uh, your 49ers are two from two. Yes, mate. My Bears are one one and one. Kyle Howes Browns, one and one. Andrew Stewart's 49ers, which we've come to terms with. <laughs> You settled yeah. on the Niners. Do you know, I've seen something yeah, so really funny before he's we talk the party. sort of more seriously about the uh, last week's rounds. Did you see when Tom Brady was doing an interview with ESPN, he was sitting in his study and he was doing an interview talking about playing the Falcons this week, uh, last week when the Bucks were coming up against the Falcons and his clock was stopped on 328 and he just must have took the batteries out of it because it's just sat on 328 the entire interview. That, to me, is the ultimate fuck you, Atlanta. <laughs> just knock out, just, I, that's it. Or it's his, or is it his motivation, you know oh, what I mean? He has to find something. The man's 44 years old. But that, I, but I, think, I think that's so funny. He's just, just little jabs here and there, like, I'm coming for you again, 328. But that's what I'm saying. I think Tom Brady, like, because, like, you know, He's not very flamboyant, so like he doesn't go, 
he's not like posting on social media and all that stuff about like what he does. But I reckon this guy is like a flat out psychopath. Right, you like, have to be. Got, you have to be a psychopath to do yeah, these things. Yeah, like there's a level. You know, I watch like other people that you know, like the Michael Jordans, the Tiger Woods, the you know, all these elite, elite top of the game. They are so competitive that they like it puts them over an edge that like you almost can't. Like it's it, it's not normal. You're like, yeah. like hold on, you're you're a bit weird. Like they want to have a battle with you if you're playing a fucking ping well, pong. I don't know if there's, know, I don't know if there's this a story, is true, right? This I don't know if this there's story a story. Is true. When Michael I, Jordan, I have to tell you the story. Well, Michael he, Jordan he used to, to when he would walk beside people. If he was walking up the stairs, he had to beat them up the stairs. It wouldn't surprise me because once if you're that competitive and you've you've got it in you, you just want to win yeah. everything, right? There's a story about Cristiano Ronaldo, and he's another person like this. So. Um, Gary Neville tells the story all the time. No, sorry, it's Patrice Everett tells Patricia. it. He, when he was young, like 18, Rio Ferdinand um, played him in like a, they play like a, a table tennis tournament at the start, like every year before the season. And he had beat Ronaldo, right? And he was only 18 at the time. Ronaldo went home, bought a table tennis, like a, a, a table, practiced for two weeks, came back, made Ferdinand play him, and then beat him. <laughs> Just to beat him. See, that's sick. And he's that's like, a sickness. And he, yeah, but that's what I mean. Is that's the level that these guys are at. Yeah. And like Tom Brady having the three and twenty eight on his clock. I reckon he's, that guy. He's got so much more that he does that would like put him to that Absolutely. edge. Absolutely. Because you have to be. If you're going to be the greatest, you can't settle. You know. What I mean? saw a. Um, and it's a. You can't. It's apparently already happening for Ronaldo in um, United. He's not eating like because you know he no Coca-Cola well, he just eats and, chicken and broccoli know. that's all he eats yeah and um he's turning stuff down he's turning all the desserts and the sweets down apparently in the cafeteria and stuff and now all the other players are like not wanting to have it because he's not eating yeah, but it, so there was I think Jack might have told me this but Cristiano Ronaldo literally just eats chicken and broccoli for lunch and dinner that's all he eats he just fuels his body with water 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 and like Really high quality. Like I'm sure he eats other things with his kids and stuff like that, but his main like diet is just chicken and broccoli. And you look at his body and you go, "Well, good on you." But he's sacrificed for twenty plus years of his life. But look where it's got him to be the best of the best of the best. Well, that's what he says. Yeah, it's all about sacrifice. Look at Brady. Brady, I'm pretty sure is a vegan, um, and he's like, mm. "That's the that's the reason why he is uh, that I can play." Well, into because he said, I think he said this when he was like 38. I can remember it vividly. It was years ago. He was like, I'll play to 45. Yeah. And at the time, everyone was like, You're fucking crazy, man. Nobody even gets to 40. Yeah. Um, and he's gonna get, he's gonna do it. And he, he thinks it's because, like, the guy does yoga every day, eats vegan, he doesn't drink, you know, he only drinks when he wins the Super yeah. Bowl, you know. Like, Gronk asked him <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. In like a, that video I sent you of Gronk today, I yeah, fucking lost funny. it. If that's true, he just retired. There's two parts to that story. But Gronk asked him in a video a couple of weeks ago, would you play to your 50? And he says, well, I feel pretty good. I'm not going to stop. So they can't watch just keep yeah, going. Yeah. But yeah, that video of Gronk. So Gronk was going to get, the year before Tom Brady got released, or not released, but the year before Tom Brady went to the Bucks. Gronk was getting traded to the Lions for a pick or something like that. So Gronk just flat out retired. <laughs> he just said, fuck this shit. I'm not playing anymore. And then one year later, Brady yeah. was at the Bucks and he rang him and said, come play. And he just signed back up again. <laughs> it's so yeah, I know it's the best you. Do you know what? To, yeah, I, I'm not going to. It is so good. I'm not going to the Lions. Fuck uh, that shit. I think um, 
I think this whole Brady situation has shown that Bill Belichick is too hard of a it's my way or the highway type of a guy because if you've got a bloke who is the greatest footballer of all time and you're still treating him he's like he's in his 20s, not not letting him make decisions, not letting him call plays, not letting him have any say on drafts, then you should be, you're a fuckhead. You should be out. Like Brady's proved that yep. what he is and he is the greatest of all time. And that's why I think he left. He wanted to go somewhere where that he felt appreciated, not just for his throwing ability, but for everything else that he does around the club. You know what I mean? Well, you you look at it like this too. He'd sacrificed so much being at the Patriots, man. The the money he sacrificed and everything like that to get to get players in and to put him in positions to win Super Bowls. Yep. And so he obviously got to a point where he's like, "Fuck this! I'm not about this anymore." And like, I think Belichick's very egotistical and he can't let his pride go. And he wants to dominate the situation. You yep. know what I mean? But you look at someone like Bruce Arians. I love Bruce that Arians play. now for the yeah. Cardinals. I'm um, not yeah. for the Cardinals for the Bucks. Yeah. He's the prime example of you know what these guys are men. Their opinions are also valid. They're the one playing the game. I am. I am the ringleader. But I'm going to listen to what they've got to say. Well, I mean, did you see that video? Uh, and we'll touch on this game uh, briefly because obviously we'll recap it. But the Ravens and the Chiefs yes. and how um, Lamar, you know, uh, what's his name? Harbour, the coach of Ravens, yeah, that he he shouts out to him across the across the field. Um, Lamar, do you want to go for it? Like, you, do, it's up to you. What do you want to do? And then Jackson just turns back and goes, "Yeah, I'm going for it." And so, like, on he goes for it on fourth down, and just but giving the trust in your player, yeah. whereas like Belichick would have made a decision to probably to fucking punch right. something like you that. Know what, you know what? The I mean? trust. So even if they fuck up and they don't score. It's still a win in a way because you've your player knows that you trust them, and I bet you next time right. when you go for it again, they'll get it. And even though Lamar and got what, it because fuck, he played well. But what you get out of that and the positives you get from that, so like, okay, my coach believes in me to do whatever I need to do, whatever he thinks we need to do to make this happen. Then that when you get in a high pressure scenario again, when you're playing in a playoff game, you're going to have the confidence to go, I can do this. Yep. You know Lamar right? Jackson is so, legit too. Oh, fucking oath, man. I mean, he's probably the best. I mean, and I'm up to debate. I'm up for argument here. But I'd say he's probably one of the best mobile quarterbacks that that's out there. Well, because I would class... In my opinion... I would class him... He's more of a running quarterback than what Mahomes um, he's is. Got, he's got the third most rushing yards in the league this year. Oh. Well, that's what I'm saying. Man. He's the, he's the best dual threat quarterback I've ever seen. He, he's better than Michael Vick, and Michael Vick was he's Michael, good. Yeah. Right. He's Michael Vick on, on steroids. He, he's super good. Russell will be happy. Russell loves the Ravens. Um, back to Russell. Back to Thor. Um, the, he is the best dual threat quarterback I've seen. I can't remember anyone else. Did you see the throw he made against the Chiefs where he jumped on his lineman's back, pushed himself up in the air, and threw it down to that Marquise Brown or Marquise Hollywood Brown for a touchdown? It was crazy good. Like these. these players, these players nowadays, man, are becoming so inventive and they're so hard to stop. Yeah. Like they can, like Kyler Murray yeah. and Mahomes, what they can get out of, they can be falling down and fucking whip a ball out. Like still the greatest throw I've ever seen in my life, and you'll know the one I'm talking about. The is Mahomes throw where he's literally diving on his side and he's like fully stretched out and he's whipped the ball yeah. 
and it's just like flung down the field and they've caught it. That's the best that that I've ever seen. That is 100% because he was a baseballer as well all through high school and all through college. Oh, that, that the, the dual threat, because baseballers throw on the dive all the time. You see them like short stops or wherever, and they'll, they'll dive, glove the ball, and just ping it while they're still in the air. Mahomes mm. has taken that skill. There's a fellow who plays for the Bears. He's, he's in the 53-man roster, but he's not like a big name. His name's Jesper, Jesper Horstead. And he talks about it on a podcast I listened to the other day where being a dual threat, um, sp- like a dual sportsman going through college is so helpful for football because it helps with like hand-eye coordination, body positioning. Look, look at Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham was a really good college basketballer and look how high up he gets for balls in the end zone. Being a yeah, dual man. threat talent in two different sports is so important now as well. Kyler Murray was a baseballer. Like, like Tom Brady was a baseballer. They're all these dual sport guys and they take skills from both of them and they they amalgamate them to be just these freaks. Well, you know, it's obviously the whip too that you can get with the, with the ball mm. and being able to whip it's it like with, with your wrist. Yeah. And having that control then with a football, yeah. it, it just gives you such an advantage. Footballs are so much bigger uh, than you think. When you see them in person, they're quite big. Yes, mate. Tom Brady's not a small fella. Oh, he's about six foot five, and he's monstrous. Yeah. Um, so this week, there's some there's some beautiful games this week. We'll just touch on them mm-hmm. a little bit. I mean, let's start off with your boys. Uh, me versus uh, Kyle Howe. A little bit. Yes. This game Browns, has Browns Bears. Me the BBs. worried. Um, if our deep comes up like we did last week, I think we'll be okay. Um, the Browns have a shitload more weapons than the Bengals, but our linebacking core, especially Roquan Smith, I've got Roquan Smith as elite. He's an elite linebacker. He, If he can shut down Nick Chubb, we'll go okay. But Justin Fields is starting this week as well because Andy Dalton's got a crook knee. I'm really excited to see how he goes from the get-go. He has he threw a fucking pick last week that could have lost us the game, um, but he also mm. had a really really good run on third and like nine, which put us into winning position. So I'm excited. I think if he has a good game, Andy Dalton's not going to come back. Um, <laughs> which Andy Dalton hasn't been bad for us. He set us up into some good positions against Cincinnati, but it could be time for Justin Fields to take over. Just depends on um, how long they want to protect Justin Fields. I think yeah, that's I, that'll probably I think just be it. it. Might even go. Justin Fields will play eighty percent of the snaps, and Nick Foles will play twenty percent of the snaps, or even seventy yeah. thirty. Because Nick Foles is a fucking Super Bowl winner. Like, let's not kid ourselves here. Um, but Justin is the future for us. It, it, it's going to be dependent on how he gels with David Montgomery, our running back, and. Our tight ends and Allen Robinson, that's going to be a big, big thing for us because our defense will hold its own. They always do. But just need, just need to give them a bit of time. I'm Can't nervous. Rush him, like, this game you makes know what me I mean? really nervous. Really nervous. This well, game. I mean, the Browns are, you know, obviously we know how I feel about them. I yeah. think they're probably going to be in the AFC Championship they're game. Pretty good. So they, they're, they're, they're a couple of years in front of you guys. You know what I mean? Like if you think. You know, they got Baker Mayfield a couple of years ago, so they've had those years where that sort of ironing out process, that, that teething process, if you he's like, where... Five, but Baker Mayfield. Where... <laughs> you reckon? He's just a wild he's gunslinger. He's not bad. He's a wild gunslinger, man. I heard, I heard the other day 
Shannon Sharp say that he would rather Darnold over Baker Mayfield, and I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I believe when that. When Keely's one. brother comes, he reckons in, we watch Skip and Shannon all the time. We sit there and laugh. Mate, I love Skip They're and Shannon. Funny, I, I, I used to love Stephen A. and Skip, but yeah. now Stephen A.'s turned into a bit of a dick because he actually got Max Kellerman sack. I don't know if you Did saw. He? he pretty much told he told ESPN to get rid of him. He's like because they created. They've now got a new segment where it's called Stephen A. versus the World, God. and every day he gets a new guest on, and they debate like the topic that they're from, like whether it's football, NBA, or... And so he pretty much said, I don't want Max on this show anymore because Max was getting... It, well, well, his debates were... He didn't like... He obviously didn't like the debates because he was probably beating him in a few of the things. He beat him in boxing. And so, like that because Max is fucking on. Yeah. But like in the NBA and the NFL, he had better points a lot of times. Yeah. Stephen A couldn't deal with it. And ever since then, I've really disliked him because he admitted it. Like, he was on a podcast. He's like, yeah, it's true. I... I I said oh, I didn't want to work with him anyone anymore, and I wanted to move him on. Yeah. And if, I mean, I liked Shannon and Skip before that, but then even after now, I'm just like, oh, ten times more, ten times more. And I love Shannon Sharp anyway. His personality is fucking awesome. Before we get into your game of the round, I like Shannon Sharp. I love Skip. Skip's a massive Cowboys fan. I am. Oh, Skip is so he's so like you talk about me like being biased he's to like so stuff. Biased. Skip is so he hates LeBron <laughs> and like loves the San Antonio Spurs and the Dallas he's Cowboys. Loves and... the Cowboys. Well, yeah. Um, what a couple of quick things before we get into the your game. I think the Raiders are going to go up three and zero, which will be a great start for the Las Vegas Raiders. Derek Carr started the season hot as shit. He started very well, man. Uh, very well. There's two other games outside of yours that I think are going to be pretty big. The Rams Bucks has a, has got a blockbuster written all over it to me. And yeah, that's a the, massive game. That could potentially be the yeah, NFC Championship absolutely. game. You never know. And then this next one's just it's old faithful. It, Cowboys versus Eagles. That game never disappoints. That came. No, it doesn't matter where they are. Never disappoints. No, they could both be bottom, yep. but they, they, you know, it's a massive rivalry. Yep. Philadelphia always want to be Cowboys, but it's uh, it's like I always remember that movie, Silver Linings Playbook, where um, they're massive Eagles fans. You seen that movie? No, I've never seen it. Oh my god, have you never seen Silver Linings no, Playbook? No, never. I thought oh, it was a bit of a wrong so it's got Well, it kind of is, but it's funny as shit. Like because. Um, Bradley Cooper's got bipolar, oh, and oh fuck, man, he's a maniac. But anyway, Robert De Niro's dad is a massive Eagles fan, and like he's got like super like OCD superstition. Like he has to do all this stuff with the remotes and all that. And they start to go on a they start to go on a bit of a roll now uh, when Bradley Cooper comes back into like the house and he's living there for a bit. He's like, you gotta watch the game for me. This is my this is my thing. Like you can't you can't wreck a good vibe here. And, like. <laughs> He's, they're Eagles fans, and they go to like the games and stuff. Anyway, it just reminds me of Eagles that. Eagles fans um, are god tier when it comes to being fanatical. I fucking oath. They man. are god tier. You got to give them that. But most Philly organizations are like even the Seventy Sixers have some really diehard they're, fans. They're, they're massive sports shit. people in Philly. Same as Chicago. Yeah, they're huge sports people. Yep. Your game, like even the the baseball Phillies. Oh, I think another smoky game that I think could be one of the best games around. Um, uh, it might shock a few people. I think the Steelers and the Bengals oh, have a fucking great game all over it because I think the Bengals are a lot better than what people. Joe do. Burrow's good. Incredible. Joe Burrow's good. He's very and good. And Joe I, Mixon I really is him. really good as a halfback. I think Burrow's very good, mate. I think he's a very good. Quarterback. Before he got injured, um, he was going gangbusters too. He was. Um, he started. He started pretty well. 
uh, our game. Interesting. Tough one. Very isn't interesting. It? I d- very tough it's one at because home, if. Mm, yes, I know, but Green Bay's Green Bay, and you know if if you get in the Green Bay that played in the NFC Championship games last year, then it's going to be very very hard, and it'll be, oh, I think we'll struggle to beat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you get in the Green Bay that played round one, that are a little bit hit and miss, and you don't don't really give a fuck, and you know what I mean. I don't know. It's 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 hard. I think our defense, if they stand up and they play to their best capability, can shut down yeah. a lot of Green Bay's offense. But where I'm a little bit skeptical at the moment is is our offense. Can we get it going consistently? Like I know we scored uh, 35 or 36 points against the Lions or whatever it was, but that was Detroit, and you know it's everybody can score points against Detroit. Um, and then our first game, our second game, sorry, where is it? Where it was a bit of a bit of a nothing. It was 17. 11, yeah, that's right. Against the Eagles. 17-11. Yeah, and you know the Eagles aren't crash hot. We, we struggled offensively in that game. Just didn't get much going. Um, so that's what kind of gives me a bit of a worry. Yeah, Jimmy G only threw for 180 yards. Mm. So I don't know. Um, I'll pick us to win being at home, and I think our defense will stand up. Um, but I'm, I'm very scared of that bad man. Aaron he's Rogers. a bad man. If he, has, if, he has, if, he, if he comes out to play, then it's, it's tough. I'm twice a year. But, you know, twice a year. Yeah, but that's the thing when you put, like we said all along, the NFC is just fucked, man, because there's so many good teams in the NFC. You, you've got to be, to get through the NFC, you have to be elite. Legit. You have to be Legit. elite. You really have to. Well, I, um, you too, especially especially our division. Like, get fucked. Then I, the North and the West are the two hardest ones, man. Like <laughs> I hate it because notoriously the Seahawks. Whenever we play the Seahawks, they always give us tough games, and most of the time they beat yep. us. So that's why I don't like playing the Seahawks. And then the Cardinals have come into Leaps this Super Bowl and leaves a bit. And then the Rams have just got Stafford like, and got the fucking the best defense in the league almost. Like, well, they are ranked number one. They're ranked number one defense it's, in the fucking league. It's so hard. It's fucked up. <laughs> Who's your um? Yeah. Who's your favorite ever Forty Nine er? That's a that's a hard uh, question to put on the spot for, isn't mm, it? Yeah, because because we've had so many great quarterbacks. Um, G- but give I'm going to say your favorite I'm, ever offensive favorite ever offensive player and favorite ever defensive player. Uh, um, okay, so offensive player, I'm going to go. It's it's controversial because I I know he's had some stuff go against him, but. You know, I don't care about what he does off the field. Ultimately, I'm a 49ers fan, and what he does on the field is more important. Uh, Jerry Rice, How, by fucking far. You'd be crazy not to pick Jerry Rice. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe Montana, best, best maybe Steve Young, but Jerry Rice is Montana's, bad man. Montana's very close, very close. Um, but Jerry Rice, is he's the best wide receiver that's ever played the game. Yep. Um, he's won. He's, he's pretty sure he's won all five Super Bowls. He has, and he's, I wrong. think he has every receiving record you can have, except for most yes. receptions in a season, which Marvin Harrison has. Yeah, but like his his the amount of yards he has to like the games he's played, it's like no one will ever. It's ridiculous. Like it will never ever be caught. Yep. He's so far ahead. Um, and the defensive is tough because we've had some really good players over the years, but. I think the current crop of defensive players we got now could turn into some of the best that I've ever seen. So I, obviously, I love Warner. I think Warner's can be the best line, linebacker in the game, and I'm a really big lover of Bosa at the moment. I big love Bear. Nick Bosa. His name, his brother's Joey Bosa, Big Bear, and he's he called himself yes. Little Bear. <laughs> yeah, um, really love those two. But 
We've had some great players. Who? All right, then. So, who would be on the flip side of that? Who's your favourite offensive player at the moment for the 49ers? Kittle. Because yeah, I just... Kittle's I, a piece, um, he's a, Yeah, he's a, he's a really good tight end. Beast. He's still young. Um, and he's just got a personality. And I, I, I think he's a really valuable option off the... Off the and we don't really have, we don't really have a like so a lot of teams have quarterbacks that you can get around like they have a bit of personality. Jimmy G's kind of just been a bit like he's good, like he's a good quarterback, but I don't know if he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, and I don't really see much in him. He's a bit straight. And Trey Lance will take the um, Trey Trey Lance will take the land, uh, and if he has some personality to him, he he might be my favorite. But George Kittle's just a, he's a mad dog. Like he does all these videos, um, like on the Facebook page yeah, and all that stuff. He's a cool and, guy. Does like funny shit, yeah. He just fucks around and like, yeah, he's, he's a cool dude, and I just really rate him. My... What about yourself, man? Who's who's your favorite defensive player at the Bears? I mean, I I know who mine is. Well, mine's the big BU, know. Brian Urlacher. He's my favorite. Oh, that's of all time, yes. yes, Brian, yes. So of all time, Brian Urlacher is my favorite defender. I he was around when I first started watching NFL. Yes. Um, he's a monster of a guy. He was just such a fucking weapon. And he'd smash the shit out of people. My favourite ever offensive player. Now, this isn't really an offensive player. I didn't. See, I've seen footage of people like Gale Sayers and stuff like that. I've seen footage of the, all these unbelievable talents that we had back in the day. Walter Payton, that sort of stuff. But my favourite ever, I'll call him attacking player, is Devin Hester. That guy has all the return records in the world. I remember he would just get every kick return and punt return. He was always a chance to score on a kick or a punt return. I fucking yep. love him. At the moment... I'm surprised uh, I'm surprised you didn't say uh, the old faithful Jay Cutler, mate. Uh, nah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being... I'd rather He was fucking useless. I'd rather go with Rex Grossman. <laughs> he was useless. Rex Grossman had a great year for us once. Do you know the Bears in the Super Bowl era have never... And this is like fifty-eight years. Never had a four thousand year passer. Four thousand yard passer. Yeah, I think you told. I think you told me that. Never um, before before the season started. We have always that had a lot. really well, good running game. Our defense is where it's at, but we've never ever. That's because you had Jay Cutler for like fucking ten. And then years, before man, that, we had Rex was... Grossman. And then before we had fucking. Oh, I can't remember the cunt's name before that. Um, at the moment, though, my favorite defender is Roquan Smith. I love a middle linebacker. I love a middle linebacker. I mean, it's... it's. it's I feel it's just the position, isn't it? It is. It's, it, he like, he just... He edges. can't really get around corners. Corners are like... Jalen Johnson's got a lot of upside. Roquan Smith just edges out Khalil Mack because Khalil Mack's a beast. Right? Khalil Mack's my favourite. He, he's a beast. Oh, but I, I love that guy. He's a fucking maniac. I love Roquan Smith with a passion. Love him with a passion. My favourite attack offensive player at the moment is David Montgomery. I think he yes, he's, he's taken over from where Matt Forte left off. Matt Forte was a real unsung hero for the Bears. He was a real rough and tumble, run it down your throat type of guy. And David Montgomery's just taken the, taken over and just gone with it. He, he will be a thousand yard season guy for the next five, six, seven, eight years, however long we keep him. I really love what he does, and he takes so much pressure off the players around him. He's looked good at the start of this year, too. He's good, man. He He's young. He's good. 
He's in. He's got a couple of other young backs around, like Tariq Cohen's to come back in about four weeks. Damian Williams was a great pickup from us for, from uh, Kansas City. Got a rookie little halfback back there too called Khalil Herbert. He returns our kicks. He's got a bit about him. I don't think he's ready yet, which is I always say that's weird. But he was like a sixth rounder, so he's uh he's probably got a bit of work to do. But that was real pleasant, Tommy. That was a lovely. What are your odd, what's your predictions on the? You didn't say what you think's going to happen on the Bears or the Browns. Browns will win. I'm really nervous. You think the Browns are going to win? Yeah, I do. Obviously, I would. I want the Bears to win, and I want them to win convincingly, but I just can't see it happening, man. It's it's in Cleveland. Cleveland took the Chiefs to the end, and then they fucking... They fucking beat the Texans, but Blind Freddy could beat the Texans at the moment. Um, <laughs> it's all dependent on if Justin Fields can get humming. If Justin Fields hums, our defense will hold, hold its own. Um, but I think the Browns might. Although win. your de- your defense in the first game of the season looked a bit skeptical, it was. but then again, it gets you played against you played against the Rams so and a, and a Matthew Stafford who was out to prove a point. Your game, I think you're going to win it. I think I, the 49ers... Mm. I think he's going to get a couple of turnovers against a Rod. I I think a Rod might might throw one or two picks. I think he might have just lost lost a second. So I think you guys might just pip them. It'll be close. It'll be a close game. Maybe like 27-24, something like that. 30-27. Currently right now, we're loving a bit of a back-and-forth game. Like, we're, we're not exactly shutting teams out, but, I mean, fuck it. If you win, if you're winning football games, then who cares? That's what it's about. I agree. Um, look. All right, Colt. Let's talk again on Tuesday night. We'll talk about... Yes, hopefully mate, we've got to, uh, on Tuesday. We've got a uh, we've got a lot of football to cover, oh, don't we ever? Uh, I'm I'm really some, liking our sort of some football one, then followed up by a free for all. Maybe in the next free for all, we'll delve into our uh, baseball NHL sort of teams. Get a little. Well, bit baseball's better. getting to the very sticky end of the season now. It's almost getting into playoffs. There's a lot of stuff happening. Um, Have you got a favorite player from the Mets? Because I've got my favorite player from the Cubs. At the from the Mets, yeah. yeah. Who's your favorite yeah. player? Well, as a pitcher, it's DeGrom, but he's injured. Um, Patrick Wisdom he's... For, the, for the Cubs. Yeah. So for, as, as, a, as a pitcher, it's DeGrom. But as a batter, um, I'd say it's probably Peter Alonso. That guy just loves homers, man. Loves homers. Should change your name to Homer loves Jay Simpson. Homer. Yes. That's Shohei Otani at the moment. He's still number one. He's a beast, man. That Japanese film we need, is we, a yeah, we we we'll, need to talk a bit about him next week. I think so. We'll get it. We'll, we'll delve into the hockey. We'll delve into yeah. the and we'll, uh, the ducks and the. We'll talk about whoever. We'll delve it. We whoever might... our uh, second legend of the week is too. Oh, I don't know. It's going to be tough to beat Jacko. Someone's going to have to do something. Um, we might just. De- I might come up with another story from things that happened to me in my life. Who knows? I've got a lot of stories, but I can't tell them. But... A lot of flow, mate. I've got lots, but I don't know if they're suitable. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. Who knows? Anyway, fuck right, mate. Enjoy yourself, Cobber. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Take it easy, mate. See you, Kelts. See ya.